Listen, at this point, it's been a whole year. If you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, then what is you doing? This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Hey, killer bees. Friends um, and lovers. Lovers and fans. Fans. Hi. Subjects. <laughs> Not subjects. Oh, <laughs> Lord. I went, I went a little far. My baby. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me bring it back. <laughs> a, little, I got a little ahead of themselves. Um, it is Leo season, and they are Leo. So. Yes, and my birthday is Wednesday. Woo! <laughs> So, you know, that full circle. It just jumped right out of you. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, y'all. Yeah, and thank you for listening to our episode like y'all did. Yes. Yes. We had one of our best days as far as downloads go. Literally. Mm-hmm. Make sure y'all leave reviews, too, because that just, you know, makes it a lot easier for us to show up in algorithms and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Algorithm is king, so in order for us to, you know, get some new fans to join y'all, you right. know. Spotify got to see some some. I mean, not Spotify because they don't do reviews. But yeah, the music got to see some some reviews from y'all. Right. But yeah, let's get into this current in crime. So this article is from the New York Post by Priscilla De Gregory. That's a cool last name. Mm-hmm. Um, it says fourth set of human remains found in Lake Mead as water levels hit record low. Nope. There's so many things wrong with that statement. First of all, global warming. Why right. are water yeah. levels low as hell? Right. And why are they all coming to Georgia? Because it's been raining for a week. <laughs> it's been raining right. every fucking day. Hard, too. That's what I'm saying. Thunderstorms. You oh. need to store some of this shit and ship it back to them. Like, I don't know. Not put it back in your legs. <laughs> but um, where is Lake Mead? Was that? That's a good question. They're probably naming it in the article. Okay, bro. Yeah. I probably should do that. I'll read it now. <laughs> More human remains have been discovered in Lake Mead bringing the tally to four since May. As water levels hit record lows amid a severe drop, um, according to this report, the newest skeletal remains were found at Swim Beach in Nevada on Saturday and are being examined by Clark County Coroner's Office, the National Park Service said. The identity of the remains and the cause of death are not currently known. The first body was discovered on May 1st, another on May 7th, and then a third on July 26th. All the remains have yet to be identified. Mm-mm. The newest, I'm sorry, the newest discovery comes on the heels of a man, Todd Collard, Collard uh, claiming he believes the second set of remains belong to his father. Mm-hmm. Which is very fucking sad. Collard uh, was three years old in 1958 when his father, Daniel Collard, drowned in Colville Bay at age 22 while on a speedboat with a friend. The rec- uh, the report said. Both men were thrown overboard when the vessel hit a wake. The friend survived while Colette's father was, uh, his father's body was never found. Uh, Colette believes the skeleton could be his father since it uh, includes missing teeth and a partial denture, which his father wore after he lost his teeth in a car accident. Another clue linking the remains to his father came out Wednesday when the coroner aged the skeleton to between 23 and 28 years old at the time of death oh, so young. Mm-hmm. while dna samples were taken from the colville bay remains collard uh collard says he's eager to give a dna sample himself and reveal that his theory is true but the pace of being contacted about a dna sample i'm starting to lose yeah the i'm starting to lose hope a little bit collard said um maybe this new finding lights something up lake me is the county's largest reservoir 
Um, it was formed between Nevada and Arizona in the 1930s. The body of water saved, I mean, it serves 25 million people in Los Angeles, San Diego, Phoenix, Tucson, and Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But the, the lake has receded, has receded to its lowest levels ever, dropping more than 170 feet since 1983. Amid a mega drought in the western U.S., this has been exacerbated by global warming. Oh, there it is. Not only have human remains been on Earth, but a sunken World War II ship has also emerged <laughs> from the shrinking lake. I'm sorry, what? That a, a lake? Why World was War II ship? Right. I was like, I in Nevada? On a lake? I, I don't they see in the ocean? That's right. so weird. Maybe they, I don't maybe know. Maybe they were building it? I yeah, I was about to say. Maybe yeah, maybe that. they were building it. But do you have to build it in the water? Oh. Um. I, I don't know shit about boats. <laughs> That's another podcast. Probably not. Now that I think about it, you probably don't want to build it in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Former Las Vegas mayor Oscar Goodman has speculated that the bodies of people whacked by the mob may eventually turn Not up in the lake. Why do they say <laughs> <laughs> They always say that when they're talking about the mob. Yeah, they always get them whacked. Yeah, yeah I'm saying. <laughs> That's always just a picture of men in like suits with like grease bags. Right, yeah. And uh-huh. a cigar, the fedora. Mm-hmm. And an Italian restaurant that's clearly a front. <laughs> right, but it's still got good food. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is only a 30-minute drive from the strip um, that was founded on organized crime. There's no telling what we'll find in Lake Mead, Goodman said. A lawyer has been uh, repped mafi- a lawyer who has repped mafiosos, including Anthony, quote unquote, Tony the Ant Spilotro, <laughs> <laughs> said in May, it's not a bad place to dump a body. All right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this really took a it turn. That's not where I expected that to go at <laughs> all. Holy crap. Um, one, it's bothered they don't know who any of these bodies belong to. Two, mm-hmm. I believe that all lakes have bodies in them. Yeah. Three, y'all mm-hmm. be wild and getting in lakes in the first place. They're nasty, they're haunted, and there are dead bodies in them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, those spots out. I feel like for Georgia, Lake Alatoon is a, the, the alternative. Like, okay, you don't go to Lake Lanier. That's mm-hmm. that's the thing you don't do. So a lot of people just go to Lake Alatoona or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought about how many bodies were in lakes. I never that just never crossed my mind. I don't know. Um, so, so now I'm gonna be thinking about foot. It. <laughs> I'm flying about one it. little piece of seaweed. I'm gonna be like, they got me. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, I'd be pissed too. Like if I used to live in a town and it was like fucking, I don't know, drowned or whatever. Yeah, I'll hunt the fuck out that lake too. Yeah. Um, but this this mob though. Right. Somebody's it's not a bad place to dump a body. <laughs> what is that ever? I don't think that's the sound bite you really want that, out there. Right. <laughs> what is that ever what you say? Sounds like, like you have experience. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. So, yeah. You need to drain the whole lake. Cancel the lake. The lake yeah, is canceled. it sounds like it's already halfway there. Wrap it up. So, just. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It went down 170 feet. Fill it in. Take a few more feet off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These human remains, we, we got to put these pictures up because it's so wild. Mm-hmm. And it's also weird that they can't. I mean, can they test DNA from like teeth and bones? I, I think, think so. so. Mm-hmm. You a DNA expert? Am I? I feel like yeah, because you always know like when DNA came into play and like who was using it. Oh, that's true. Relevant. Yeah, I don't. I don't know nothing about none of that. <laughs> I know I did twenty three of me just because I wanted to know how much white was you know going on over. Was here. it a disappointing amount? 
It, it was. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was less than, it was way less than 50. So that's, you know. Okay. That's good. It was like I think 20%. that's my biggest fear with 23 and me is I'm going to take it and I'm going to end up having like 70% Iberian Palenza. Like some shit like that. I'm just like, I'm only 20% blessed. <laughs> not 70% Galapagos Islander. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I be looking at other people on TikTok and they fucking percentages or whatever. I'm like, Fuck me! Like that. Oh my god, if that was me. I just went. I just lied. Yeah, no. Yeah, they never gave me my results. I don't know what happened. They lost my sense. <laughs> no, it was pretty much like three quarters of sub-Saharan African, and then like twenty percent British and other. Oh, you in here? Like white things. Twenty percent is huge, though. Yeah, it, it was a significant amount, mm-hmm. and like literally nothing else. It was like point zero two percent indigenous and East Asian. It's like, all right, cool. Okay. <laughs> hold on to that a little. That's what I'm saying. I hold on to that before I hold on to Europe. All I heard my whole life: your great granddaddy was native. Your great granddaddy was an Indian. Y'all lying. I know you're lying. Like, <laughs> and now I got the proof. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Niggas just be saying this shit. They do. But that's a whole episode. Though. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm to get to this story. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll be back with the main story. Okay, y'all. We are back. And we are doing a first ever two-parter episode for this story so this episode will have part one (laughs) and then the episode that y'all have for next week will have part two so make sure you listen to both if you want to get the full story i'm enthusiastic i'm so excited yeah okay um this is about a cult (laughs) no cults aren't good but we all are very interested by cults so fascinated by cults because how the fuck it's yeah this one is a very how the fuck all right so we are talking about heaven's gate and the content warnings for this are sexual assault genitalia manipulation and suicide so heaven's gate was an american new religious movement also a cult it was founded in 1974 by bonnie nettles and marshall applegate So Bonnie Lou Nettles was born on August 29th, 1927, and she's a Virgo. She was born in Houston, Texas, and was raised by a Baptist family. So as an adult, she moved away from the Baptist religion. She became a registered nurse, and she worked with little babies. (laughs) She married a businessman named Joseph Siegel Nettles in um, December of 1949, and they had four children. So their marriage was pretty smooth all the way up until 1972 when she started a new path of beliefs and she started attempting to contact deceased spirits through regular seances. She started to believe that a 19th century monk named Father, or I'm sorry, Brother Francis frequently spoke to her and gave her instruction on how to live her life. She visited a bunch of fortune tellers that told her that she would soon meet a mysterious man who was tall with light hair and a fair complexion. She studied a lot of astrology and the occult, and she had a really big interest in UFOs. Hmm. So she would talk to her daughter, Terry, about a UFO coming to pick them up and take them away from the earth. So Bonnie met Marshall Applewhite in March of 1972 while she was working at a hospital in Houston. So Marshall was born on May 17th, 1931, and he's a Taurus. He was born in Spur, Texas, to Marshall Applewhite Sr. 
who was a Presbyterian minister. He had three siblings, and as the son of a minister, he was a super religious child. He attended Corpus Christi High School in Austin College. He got a bachelor's degree in philosophy in 1952, and he enrolled at Union Presbyterian Seminary to study theology. He wanted to become a minister like his dad. Mm-hmm. So he married Ann Pierce in 1952, and they had two children named Mark and Lane. And Is it Mark? Mark and oh. Lane. I was like, Mark? Interesting name. <laughs> <laughs> um, early in his studies at the seminary, he decided that he wanted to leave and pursue a career in music. So he became the music director of a Presbyterian church in North Carolina, and he was a baritone singer and enjoyed singing spiritual music. And in 1954, he was drafted by the U.S. Army and served in Austria and New Mexico as a member of the Army Signal Corps. So he left the military in 1956, and he enrolled at the University of Colorado, where he earned a master's in music and focused on musical theater. Oh, wow. Yeah, he all over the place. Oh, okay. that's, that's not what I expected at all. The transition. <laughs> He had an unsuccessful attempt at a professional musical career in New York City, and um, he went on to finish his education in Colorado, and then he started teaching at the University of Alabama. But he unfortunately lost his teaching position. It was unfortunate that he lost the position. The reason why is just bad. And it was because he pursued a relationship with a male student. Yikes. Yeah. So his religious education was not supportive of same-sex relationships, and he started to become frustrated by his sexual desires. And um, in 1965, he separated from his wife after she learned about the affair that he had with his student. Mm -hmm. And they ended up getting divorced three years later. So Marshall revealed to his parents that he was gay, and his father rejected him which Marshall kind of expected that. Yeah. Yeah. So over the next few years, he moved to to Houston. He served as the chair of the music department at the University of St. Thomas. He was a pretty pretty popular singer locally in Houston. He served as a choral director for a church. He performed with the Houston Grand Opera. And he was briefly openly gay in the community. And then he also pursued a a relationship with a young woman. So he was just kind of... A little all over the place. Figuring himself out, it seemed, yeah. And in 1970, he resigned from the University of St. Thomas, and there were later reports that revealed that it was probably because he was having an affair with a student mm-hmm. while he was teaching there, too. That's like, mm-hmm. just date another professor. Right. <laughs> or anyone else who isn't your student. Or literally anyone else. If you have a fetish for people who are, who at your school, like, I don't know, y'all play he, like y'all I, student I, and teacher or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Right, you can just do role play. But, I mean, I think he liked the level of control, and you'll kind of see that. that. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. So around 1971, Marshall's dad died, and that took an emotional to- toll on him, and it caused him to have severe depression. He also had a lot of debt, and he started to have to borrow money from friends, and he was kind of just in a bad place. So the story of how Bonnie and Marshall met is murky. Like there's a bunch of different stories from different people. Mm -hmm. So Marshall's sister claims that he entered a Houston hospital with heart trouble. And then Bonnie was one of the nurses that was treating him. But according to Marshall himself, he said that he was just visiting a friend in the hospital. And that's when he met Bonnie. But there were also rumors that Marshall had a psychotic break and he was in a psychiatric hospital, and Bonnie was the nurse that was helping him. 
But either way, regardless of how they met, the two felt an instant connection and they started discussing their different beliefs. All right, y'all, we'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big cu- Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On <laughs> The big cutty couch. I feel like that's kind of, I mean, I don't have that access, but I feel like for people who want to verify a story like that, it's kind of verifiable, right? To like just see what hospital she worked at. Right. Yeah, I think that um, from, I, I feel like he had a psychotic break. Because mm-hmm. there was also somebody who, um, so the story of the psychotic break is that he was performing in a musical mm-hmm. and he couldn't handle the pressure of the position. Mm-hmm. And that story came from somebody who was also in the musical. Okay. Yeah. So I feel okay. like that feels the most realistic to yeah, me, yeah. but yeah, they can definitely check to see. Okay. Um, so Marshall Applewhite later recalled that he felt like he had known Bonnie for a long time and that they had met in a past life. Mm-hmm. Bonnie told Marshall that extraterrestrials had told her about them meeting and she persuaded him that they had a divine assignment. So a lot of people don't really consider that Bonnie was the leader of the two, but she met Marshall when he was vulnerable and she was older than him and she had kind of control over the situation. So she convinced him that he was her soulmate and that they were destined to be spiritual partners. And it was after this that people, I'm sorry, after the fact, like after everything that happened, people started to consider that Marshall was actually the first follower of Bonnie's cult. Mm. So, yeah, you probably, I mean, it's not, it's a big one. So I think I've heard of it. Yeah, you probably do. Yeah, yeah, this is a big one. So as I get further, you'll probably be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, After they met, Marshall started living at Bonnie's house with her family. And all the while, they pondered the life of St. Francis of Assisi. They read works by Helena Blavatsky, R.D. Lang, and Richard Batch. They kept the King James Bible with them, and they studied passages from the New Testament. They focused on teachings about Christianity asceticism and eschatology. I looked up how to pronounce all these words, so I think I got them right. (laughs) So Marshall also read a lot of science fiction and um, he read the works of Robert A. Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke. And Arthur C. Clarke co-wrote the screenplay for the film 2001, A Space Odyssey. And this is regarded as one of the most influential films of all time. Hmm. Never seen it. Me neither. <laughs> and don't plan on it, but fair. So by June 19th of 1972, after just three months of meeting, Marshall and, Bon- Marshall and Bonnie's beliefs had solidified into a basic outline. 
And their relationship together created a lot of tension between Bonnie and her husband because Marshall was living at the house with them. So Bonnie's husband was like, what the fuck is this? Even though their relationship wasn't sexual or romantic, they still were had that like connection. Yeah. They considered each other soulmates. So Bonnie's husband was like, nah. And they ended up divorcing in 1974 after 23 years of marriage. I'm trying to think how I would navigate that. Like if I was married to someone and then they brought like, their twin flame home mm-hmm. to our house. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder what that conversation looked like in the first place. Yeah, no. She's probably had the gift of gab and just, like, talked him into it. True. Yeah. It also was, like, Bonnie was moving into, like, different interests and stuff, and I just felt like her husband was just not into it. Yeah. And he then... Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, a big one. She said, aliens told me you're my son. Yeah, he and dodged. He him in with her husband. Yep. That's plain as shit. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> So Bonnie told her daughter that her and Marshall needed to figure out why they were here. So they left Houston and began traveling. And they traveled around the country visiting other New Agers, gurus, and various churches. They didn't have any money, so they would take odd jobs here and there. They were just on the road. In July of 1973, Marshall and Bonnie had been on the road for over a year. And they ended up on the Oregon coast, and they finally figured out their answer for why are they here. Oregon has a coast? Like the western. They were in Oregon. The coast of Oregon. West. Okay. Coast. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all know know geography. I'm like, Oregon has a beach. (laughs) Anyway. Um, So they concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies. And that they had been given higher level minds than other people, mm. which I feel like is kind of common around like cult leaders. Like they think that they're like better yeah. than common folk. Like they're it's closer like, to God. Yeah. Yeah. Or God's like speaking. To yeah. Them. Yeah. So that was like, okay. I mean, I guess. So they were convinced that they were the two end time witnesses that were mentioned in Revelation 11. And yeah. that them two, yeah. <laughs> those, they, Bonnie those, and Marshall. They, Bonnie and Marshall are the, the two. Yeah. The, the, the two mentioned in the Bible, like in, directly. In the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You gotta really think highly of yourself. No, like, niggas be convincing themselves anything. anything. will never be that high. No. Ever. Imagine. I was mentioned in the Bible. Right. There's <laughs> <laughs> two key players too. Like it's like you're familiar with the hundred forty four thousand that are called to go to heaven in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. So at the religion I was raised in, um, people like I've met people who believe that they were a part of the hundred forty four thousand. I'm like that still for me is no. like you are reaching. Like, Do you know how many people are on this? There's billions of people on the planet. And y'all think and y'all part of the billions have existed for. <laughs> And they only taken twelve thousand from each quote unquote tribe. How many of those are niggas? Like, like right. And I literally met someone because, like, when we had like what would be like our Easter, you know, you didn't take of the body of Christ unless you were one of those hundred forty four thousand. And I remember watching someone eat the cracker, and I was like, "You, you're going to, have, you're going to have it. All right, you ain't even that cool. Like you're dragging it. Like nobody, even, you're not even popular in the conversation. Right. Like of course. And the rapture, is you don't even dress cute. <laughs> They would not choose you, I promise. Please. I want to know who's going to get snatched up and they draws just going to be sitting in the middle of the floor. Please. The rapture. <laughs> <laughs> that always used to scare the fuck out of me. I see part of TikTok the other day. So it was like when you were uh, still healing from rapture trauma and shit looking like more rapture every day. Right? Like, the pressure is getting worse. <laughs> no, for real. Oh, 
Okay, so yes, they be- they believe that they are these two people, yeah. and that they would prepare the way to the kingdom of heaven. So Revelation chapter 11, verse 3 through 12 says, And after three days and a half, the spirit of life in God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and they ascended onto heaven in a cloud. So they believed that they would be the ones to lead everyone who accepted their message into the kingdom of God. But they believed that the kingdom of God was in outer space. So they called this the next level, and they referred to the process of getting there as the demonstration. And they said that the people who wrote the Bible and wrote these verses didn't know what UFOs were. So when they said that they got into heaven on a cloud, the cloud that they were talking about was a UFO. I've heard this similar theories. (laughs) Yeah, the Ezekiel's wheel. Yeah. So they also taught that there was a telescope that was powerful enough that you could see God. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> please, like, y'all looking at him do what? Like, what? If he didn't show up during slavery, I would say not stopping slavery. <laughs> That's what <laughs> <a> dog talking. <laughs> he said, "Well, I gotta go to the bathroom." <laughs> it's hot as hell. This is my climate change. <laughs> he turned up not. <laughs> he turned up the AC real quick. <laughs> it's not <a> <laughs> so the 70s were um a time of a lot of hippies and alternative folks who were looking for spirituality outside of established religions so this was also the first generation that believed in like flying saucers and ufos and stuff like that and one of the best-selling books of the time was called chariots of the gods and the author of that book claimed that he had evidence that the world's ancient religions were founded by extraterrestrial visitors Mm. so there were actually a lot of people who heard these ideologies and they were like yeah like that's kind of what i've been looking for Mm. so i mean they were i guess successful during this time so at this point bonnie and marshall started calling themselves the two and that's kind of how they are referred to Mm -hmm. until a little bit later so in may of 1972 the two gained their first follower and her name is sharon morgan so sharon abandoned her children to join them what sharon yeah Yeah. girl take your children with you no no please don't you'll learn they they don't they don't allow i'll I'll explain in a second. But she only stayed for a month and she went back. So Marshall and Bonnie actually ended up getting arrested and charged with credit card fraud because they were using Morgan's cards, even though she had given them consent to use them. So the charges Mm -hmm. were dropped. But because of this, they were checking up on them and they saw that Marshall had stolen a rental car from St. Louis and he ended up having to spend six months in jail. So he was released in early 1975 and he rejoined Bonnie. And once they got back together, they started looking for like-minded followers. All you get is six months for still in the winter time? Guess so. Fair. Yeah, true. Well, also, why Jesus wasn't paying this? Because <laughs> he the, thought he was Jesus. Look at your telescope. Right. Send the smoke signals. <laughs> we need some money. Right. <laughs> So um, they started to appeal to members by reaching out to people that were disillusioned with society and religious spaces, kind of like what I was talking about before. So they would publish advertisements for meetings where they sought out followers from all over the country, and they would refer to the people that joined them as the crew. 
So they distribute. The two in the crew. The two in the crew. crew. That should just be rappers. <laughs> so they distributed posters that promoted a mix of conspiracy conspiracy theories, science fiction, and who is a long word proselytization. And this is to induce someone to convert to your faith. So the ads were like super eye catching. It would be just huge, like UFO written on them in huge letters. They would also say like, quote, two individuals say they were sent from the level above human and will return to that level in a spaceship within the next few months. Or quote, are you ready to take your physical body to the new evolutionary kingdom? And during these meetings, they would represent themselves as beings from another planet. And they said that those who agreed to join them and take part in this experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. I'm so glad I wasn't an adult in the 70s. You think you would fall for this? Not fall for it, but I'm like, this sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, It was like, like, uh, there's a docuseries on HBO, if y'all want to watch it, it's called Heaven's Gate which is the name of the cult, but it's called Heaven's Gate, the cult of all cults. Mm-hmm. And um, they interviewed a lot of people mm-hmm. that either attended the meetings, joined early, whatever, whatever. And some people were like, I thought that I was going to go up in there and see aliens, like literally see people from outer space. Yeah. I mean, niggas was doing wild ass drugs in the 70s. Yeah. And people were a lot more open-minded, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, people were getting into esoteric, like religions and new age stuff. And like, I feel like that kind of stuff has always resonated with me. I've always been pretty open-minded. So, like, during the 70s, you know, we drop an asset. My friend's like, you see this poster? Like, you want to go check out a meeting? I'll be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm, like, in a cold in a white tunic. Like, <laughs> like, it's something that I don't understand. Holy fuck, how'd I get here? Right. I just wanted to see an alien. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, that's pretty much the vibe of what people were saying. They were like, I went because I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And either they were like, oh, this is ridiculous or uh, kind of actually like it and they ended up saying <laughs> so in april of 1975 they had a meeting with a metaphysical group of about 80 people and they shared their revelations about them being the two witnesses in the bible and according to the people that attended the meeting they said that bonnie and marshall presented themselves as charismatic leaders and that they had like this really important spiritual message and they actually ended up having 23 to 27 people join from that meeting. Okay. So they were, they were getting folks. And on September 7th, I'm sorry, September 14th of 1975, Marshall and Bonnie hosted a meeting at a motel hall in Walport, Oregon. So they said about 150 people attended this meeting. They promoted their philosophy. They said that they believed that the earth was going to reset soon. And that the only way to save your consciousness was to ascend to the afterlife, which was heaven on another planet, which is what they referred to as the next level. Mm. So they said that they would ascend to this level by being saved by aliens. So the belief was that the aliens would pick them up in spaceships or UFOs if they proved that they were worthy. And the two said that they were going to teach the process to reach the next level to become worthy for the aliens to pick them up. So they said that if you follow their approach, your body would chemically change into an alien being and you would physically be able to go on board a UFO and physically sail into heaven. Let's get in Spice World. (laughs) So they were saying that your actual body would be picked up by aliens and taken to heaven. That's important because that's the teachings that they gave and people were like with it. But what happens if you die a natural death before the aliens come? You'll see. So when they started the idea that 
when they started, the idea was that this process was going to happen like soon, like the earth was going to reset, like in the next couple months. Okay. So you need to like get it together. And this is an urgent matter. Urgent. Yeah. That's the same thing they did with Noah's Ark. And that shit didn't happen for like, what, 200 years? Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't either. The way yeah. the, the storybook in my little kids' versions mm-hmm. made it seem like it was like a two day process. Right. Oh. It just started raining and then you got it. was like it. generations. It was like, oh, you heard about the flood? It was like, yeah, nigga, that shit was supposed to happen with my grandma. <laughs> Damn. Damn. That's kind of like us in the world ending yeah, like in please. 2000 and then in 2012 yeah and then yeah, it, it did <laughs> <laughs> then it was the baron scene bears i don't care what y'all say listen it was S-C-E-E-I-N. don't start with that i i remember it was chick-fil-a without a k like and however they spell fruit loops now is not how they always spelled it yeah exactly what happened to the lucky charms <laughs> okay last one the, okay so the woman who um accused uh, Emmett Till like Whistling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I promise y'all on everything I swore that like somebody talked about her admitting something on her deathbed like a couple years ago yo yeah. okay same yeah and I like didn't I want to post died. it because I was like okay may- I must be mistaken like I got a pretty bad memory yeah but like I swear I remember the same yeah. thing I remember that too actually and now they're talking about she's still alive and they're trying to say right yeah you're right I know I'm not tripping yeah no you're not okay cool Listeners, uh, I want to know if y'all remember that too. Because yes, like, really let us know. Because like, this Mandela shit, it's not a phenomenon. It's another universe, and yeah. I don't care what people have to say. Wait, yeah. did you see that TikTok where it was like trying to find the universe with the five dollar seafood bags, <laughs> 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 and they sit on the counter doing the Doctor Strange shit. <laughs> Same. When you Same. find it, let me know. Please, <laughs> Please send me the TikTok. That's all I need. Oh my goodness. Mm-mm. Crab okay. cakes. I'm not, not crab cakes. Crab legs. <laughs> yes. And oysters. Now be good. So, um, in order to join, you needed to shed every attachment to the planet by giving up all human like characteristics. So, you have to renounce sex, drugs, and oh, all of this. <laughs> So you wouldn't, you wouldn't be. In no, it. not not that, that would be. Not that that would be when you walk I out. Be in the cult where we all have sex with each other. This okay, yeah, it. this isn't the one. I mean, the opposite one. Yeah, this isn't it. This is the alien one. It's like the man. It's like no head, throw the ball. I'm out. So no sex, no drugs, no earthly possessions, and you had to abandon your families because you mm-hmm. couldn't have human connections. So that's why you can't bring your kids. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. my cats. Nope. Damn. So, although many of the locals who joined the meeting thought it was a joke, thirty-four people ended ended up joining from this meeting. So they sold all their worldly possessions and said goodbye to their families, and they basically vanished from the public eye and joined the group. So, in 1975, this was the first time that the group was on the news because later that year on CBS Evening News, Walter Cronkite reported on the disappearance of 20 people that happened after they attended a meeting about UFOs. So they're talking about the people that joined this group that basically went underground. Mm -hmm. And they said they disappeared after they were talking about going to a meeting about UFOs. So people are like freaking out. Like, did they get taken by UFOs? They don't know. So he stated, quote, a score of persons have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply taken. So, yeah. Right? Where are they hiding these people? Did they kill them? So, in reality, Bonnie and Marshall had arranged for the group to go underground. Like, literally underground or just, like, off the grid? Off the grid. Okay. So, (laughs) I mean, you never know with these type of things. True. (laughs) 
I got a little mold in it. But, you, know. <laughs> you never know. You really don't. So they led nearly a hundred member crew across the country. And they referred to the group as human individual metamorphosis or him for short. And this was before they took the name Heaven's Gate. So this is when Bonnie and Marshall started to call themselves by different aliases. So the first one they did after the two was they called themselves Bo and Peep. And this was because they said that they had sheep following them, which I'm like, if I heard that my leader was calling me a sheep, right. it's a wrap. Bye. They went by bow and sheep. So they then became Doe and T. So these are the names that they went by the longest, and it's also the most notable. So if you like watch any documentaries about this call or anything, they refer to Marshall and Bonnie as Doe and T. So Marshall is Doe, Bonnie is T. Like the notes in the, the song? Mm-hmm. So T's favorite musical is Sound of Music. <laughs> so if you know the song do re mi it goes like do a deer a female deer and the verse goes all the way through and then it says tea a drink with jam and bread and that will bring us back to do so the idea is that they're the start and the finish mm. in the all-encompassing really of everything a lot of themselves yeah yeah so that's pretty much what they went by from then on out so Doe and T didn't really give any formal instruction to the group. Um, the group kind of just lived a nomadic existence. They would sleep in tents and sleeping bags. And they lived what one expert referred to as social chaos. So for a while, there were several, several hundred people in the group that basically were waiting to get instruction on how to reach the next level. And sometimes they would travel in groups of 20. Sometimes it would just be pairs and they would kind of just be like floating around. And a former member called it, quote, the blind leading the blind. So they would have meetings twice a day. And all they did in the meetings was, quote, tuning into the next level. And they were quite literally giving, given tuning forks. And they were told to tune their mind into the A note. And that was them tuning into the next level. So that's pretty much all they did. So they just sat there and played with tuning fork. They would like hit the tuning fork and then like put it to their head and try to like tune in. And tune into the frequency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they were living on donations from churches or people in the communities and they were evading authorities and the media. And because they were isolating themselves in this way, they were able to focus on the philosophies. How do you got your own cult in your own little church and you taking donations from my church? Right. Look, they did it. Because they, I mean, they were technically homeless, so they would just present themselves as such, and people would give them money. So um, the members also said that they would look up to the sky a lot, looking for UFOs, and they would watch to see if there was, like, anything that changed. And they believed that if you had children, but you also wanted to reach the next level, that you had to prioritize whether um, your children or Heavenly Father if you prioritize Heavenly Father, then you had to abandon your children. So that was another level of the not being able to form human level relationships. Why can't children join? Like, why can't they, like... You have to be 18, 18 and up. So you gotta be... <laughs> I'm so confused. Well, this is so different from other churches, because they'll be like, yeah, bring your kids. Mm-hmm. And then, like, mm-hmm. when they turn 18, yeah. they're like, yeah, they need to get married. You know? Yeah. So for this to be an 18 and up, cool. I'm like, damn, it's the club. 
I don't know. It's like strange because I feel like a lot of the cults, at least that I know most about are like rooted in some type of like sexual deviancy mm-hmm. or like, you know, that type of like weird like control, brain, that level of, like. yeah. But this is like different. Yeah. It's more like, um, so I didn't write this in my notes because it's not ne- necessarily a, like a part of the story, but, um, from the docuseries on HBO, they interviewed someone, uh, what was he, a sociologist or something, who was also a writer, and he actually went undercover in the cult for the first year or two years that the okay. cult was a part, and this was, like, in the early times. So he came back and, like, wrote about all of his stuff, and he said the most interesting part of it, that he didn't find any evidence of brainwashing, no evidence of manipulation of thought, None of that. He said these were all consenting people who truly believed and knew exactly what they were doing. So it just feels like so different from any other cult. Like these people really believe this philosophy. Maybe it was on that good shit. I mean, you're not supposed to do drugs once you join the no. cult. Nope. I mean, if they if they did, they did a good job of hiding it because okay. in no article did they talk about drugs. But that was in the beginning. So yeah. it, it did change towards the end. But yeah. So as the group as the group traveled around the U.S., they used a lot of different method, methods of recruitment. They um, would proclaim the gospel of higher level metamorphosis, the deceit of humans by false god spirits. They would um, talk about meditative healing and the divinity of the UFO too, which was Bonnie and Marshall. So at one point, the group attached uh, attracted up to two hundred members. There were 200 people just wandering the country and camping and all that stuff. Yeah. Being responsible for 200 people sounds so fucking stressful. Right. Yeah. But I mean, the wild part was they weren't even really like responsible for them because they were kind of just like living, doing things on their own, but like following the teachings of the two. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like they were living in like a colony where everybody had to like feed each other and like, Mm. take care it was like you are surviving on your own but you're living in this way so that you can get to the next level like i'm so when they gave up their worldly possessions they didn't give them up to marshall and bonnie they Mm -mm. just gave them up yeah literally Mm -hmm. oh wow yeah yeah that's strange it's i don't know it's it's giving like this anti-capitalist vibe Mm -hmm. yeah but also i'm getting like bad vegan vibes from it too (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. Like, Damn, did he read this from them and then just like trying to show her? Like, Maybe. I mean, it wasn't like uh, there were a lot of people who like um, studied the cult and like the the teachings and stuff. And I touched on it earlier, but like this is kind of the stuff that people were like into at the time. Yeah. Like they weren't into like the organized religions of the time. They were more interested in like new age thought. And this wasn't like outlandish for like people to be considering that this is like a possibility yeah it was kind of just taken a little too far (laughs) hello but yeah so in early 1976 the group was being featured all over the media they were called the ufo the ufo cult and it was at the time the biggest cult story of the time so most people thought it was ridiculous but there were a lot of rumors that were connected to it there were rumors that they were a part of the Charles Manson family and that they, they were, were trying to make everybody a part of the I know. family. I'm like, come on. I mean, yeah, that family is wild. <laughs> but um, 
They also said that they were going to commit suicide by, by starving themselves to death. They also, there was a rumor that they participated in cattle mutilation. I don't know who came up with that, but that's really not even close. But yeah, there were all these rumors. They also found out T and Doe's identity and they released it to the public. So this really scared them and um, they started to get really paranoid. So the recruitment meetings started to not really having a lot of attendance because there were all these rumors going around. And in April of 1976, T stood up and said, um, quote, the harvest is closed. And that was the end of the recruitment meetings. So they told all the people that were following them at their at that moment that quote they made the first cut, and they stopped recruiting anybody else. The first cut. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Okay, that's the end of the first episode. You have to come back for part two. <laughs> wow, I really want to know what happens. Like, I'm gonna have to stop myself from watching the docu series. I mean, we're about to record it in like five minutes, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you'll know in a second. They had to wait for a week, but y'all will know. Oh my god. <laughs> But I think you should watch the docuseries. I mean, I did use it as a resource, so a lot of the information is in here, but there's a ton of stuff that I didn't include. Okay. Like interviews from former members, like just a lot of stuff that's really interesting. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Watching it tonight. <laughs> it's cute. It's four part. A four part docuseries. Okay. I think it's going to turn into your episode because you know so much. I know. We'll have already done it. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, because I will. <laughs> I've got to that. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> all right y'all um we will finish the rest of this story in the next episode but we are going to do a um should this be a crime Whee! should this be a crime <laughs> <laughs> <The whispery> voice. <laughs> all right so this week for should this be a crime um, our article is from the New York Post because they be posting the messiest shit. The title is Shocking Video Shows Groom Exposed Bride's Affair with Her Brother-in-Law at Wedding. Mm. So her <laughs> brother-in-law is his brother, right? Her brother-in-law in this instance, I think, is her sister's husband. But there's more <gasps> details in the article. Even worse. <laughs> so this article was posted on August 9th of this year. It says... Footage of a groom exposing his bride's affair on their wedding day by playing an X-rated video of her in bed with another man has left the internet in shock. Guests of the newlyweds in China can be seen looking on in horror as a steamy bedroom scene featuring the bride and her new husband's brother-in-law plays out from projector at the couple's reception. (gasps) A projector? I saw the video. It is hilarious. The groom and the sister was in on it. Yeah, they did that. Together. Yeah. Guests of the newly was in China can be seen. Oh, I read the part. The disgraced woman then throws her bouquet at her husband as he can be heard shouting, Did you think I didn't know about this? <laughs> Clearly, she didn't think you knew. <laughs> oh my God. She was about to get married. She made it to the altar. Right. She had a bouquet in her hand. So the clip originally went viral in 2019, but was recently shared again on TikTok, where it's, where it's clocked up almost 6 million views and thousands of comments from outraged viewers. I need to see this. Mm-hmm. Cheating bride, the video is captured. Caption. Text written over the top of the footage reads, the groom played a video of his wife cheating on him with her pregnant sister-in-law's husband in front of everybody. Her pregnant sister-in-law's husband. So that could literally be so many different people. That could be her husband's sister. What? If, it's her, if it's her sister, it wouldn't be her sister-in-law. So it has yeah. to be his sister. His, his sister's, sister's husband. husband. Yeah. His right? sister's 
That's good. Because if it's her sister-in-law. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So his brother by marriage through his sister. Wow. Yeah. Damn. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. <laughs> but reaction over the groom's act of revenge has left social media users divided. I can't wait to hear where y'all stand on this. <laughs> most of the most were on the man's side, saying the bride got what she deserved. Best revenge in front of all their family and friends. One user commented. Honestly, I'm this petty and would a thousand percent do this, another said. Man stood there knowing the calamity he's about to cause. Someone else wrote, calamity's hilarious in this context. <laughs> I love calamity and mayhem in the context of niggas, like using big ass words to describe shit. Yes, mayhem is hilarious. <laughs> Others, however, were confused why the man went through with the wedding. Isn't this at the, this at the party? So why doesn't, so doesn't that mean they already said I do? One person said, why did he go through with the wedding? Another asked. So why did he waste all that money on the wedding, one man wrote. Many tried to explain the move, stating it's very hard to get deposit back, deposits back from wedding venues once booked. Maybe he found out too late and the wedding needed to be paid for regardless whether they broke it off, one reasoned. Satisfaction, people. Embarrass her, embarrassing her in front of everyone was probably worth it for him, another stated. Meanwhile, others turned their attention to the bride, labeling her move to throw her flowers at the groom, quote, wild. And she's the one that gets mad at the end, one person wrote. Not her throwing the flowers at him, the audacity, another said. The couple had been together for two years and were engaged for six months before their big day, Asia One reported at the time. It was also claimed the bride suffered domestic violence at the hands of the groom and had sought comfort with her sister's husband. Oh. However, over time, things evolved into an illicit relationship. And once the groom found out, he decided to, quote, humiliate his bride. And yeah. Wow, that I was layered. layered. That's what, that's what I was waiting on, because I'm like, why would you... I, I don't know. I have questions. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, for the man, why would you go through with the wedding knowing you was going to do that shit? I'm not wasting all that money on a bitch who just cheated on me. What the fuck? Yeah, he that's wanted not, revenge. He wanted to humiliate her yeah. to her core. Which I would is just sent a video to horrible. family members for free. Like, I um, mean, it is very, very difficult to get deposits back when she's putting them down for a lot of wedding things. Yeah. But that doesn't yeah, mean I, I still need to go. I got to pay regardless. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess no. if you have to pay regardless, then that would make sense. I mean, if you no. really want to just be dramatic and have a flair, go out and flame, oh, make yeah. sure everybody's there, everybody sees it. Like he did that. Yeah, that's why. I'm, like the only reason that makes sense that he would still go through the, with the wedding is to fuck her over. Which, and then, like, if he was beating on her, then why would she still make it to the altar? I don't know. It'd be like that in domestic violence situations. Yeah, but people yeah. bringing that up, I'm just like, well, she was about to get married to him, so I don't know. It's also like, um, even if she was seeking some type of support from somebody going to your husband's sister's husband is a little yeah not your sister yeah that's strange because mm-hmm. yeah and inappropriate i mean was the dick comforting is that why she it had better been good for all it is because she said seeking comfort i'm like what did he get but then i'm like yeah it's probably the dick i'm not shocked she threw her bouquet i mean i would throw it too yeah like he's, he's embarrassing the fuck out of her but my thing on my thing with her too is just like okay if you cheating with your sister's husband, why do you still want to marry this nigga? But yeah, that's that's what my thing is. I'm just like it. Well, it did take place in China. I don't know culturally like what it would look like for her to have left her fiance. Oh, like back out. Yeah, of the wedding. Did but he push her? It looks like he was about to steal off on her. I'm not gonna hold you. <laughs> he looked like he was ready to fight. Yeah, because she threw the bouquet and then he like charged and then people were holding him back. And they did this at the reception. Yeah. Well, it looks like the reception. I don't know if it was confirmed that it was the reception or not, but it does look like the reception. Yeah, it I looks like the biggest hell. Because <laughs> I didn't expect that. 
Yeah, it looks like he just wanted to embarrass her in front of all of her closest friends and family. So yeah. is it a crime? I'm going to say no. Yeah. He got cheated on. And getting cheated on feels so funny. I'm going to say no. What a family member. I'm going to say it's petty. Yeah, it is very, it's extremely petty. It's very petty. <laughs> and not necessary, but if that's what you feel like you needed to do, I mean, it's still fucked up, but it's yeah. not a crime. Does I it mean, give, like, revenge porn a little bit? Yes. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. especially if he was beating on her. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like that someone recorded it on the internet as well. Somebody's little cousin is trifling as shit. Somebody was on their projector. <laughs> Some little Wait, who played the video? That's what I'm saying. Who clicked the play? That's, yeah. <laughs> the groom is like... <laughs> right. And the wife go. is like... Kill, kill the music. <laughs> right. Do the lights. You know, it's not a crime, but it is fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah, yeah all, a lot of things in that situation are fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but girl, your sister's husband. I know. I I mean, I hope that they're able to like the relationship is like done, and she's able to get from out from an abusive situation. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, they could have pulled over several times before they got here. Because I'm wondering, like, okay, if it was her sister's husband, okay, if it was the husband's sister's husband. I hope the husband had told his sister what True. he was doing because that's also fucked up. Yeah, no, definitely. But if it was her sister's husband, I mean, it's still fucked. Up. It's all fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and that's no. what I'm saying. I think that whoever was involved, they were like in on it. Yeah, like, I think he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this at her wedding." And she was yeah. Like, yeah, do that shit. <laughs> oh my god, shit. run that shit. Yeah, <laughs> you're pregnant. Yeah, that's, and that's very wild. Like your pregnant sister-in-law. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, not a not a crime, but eek. Yeah, it's very eek vibes. <laughs> oh no! Honestly, if I was the bride, I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> not just walk out, walk out of the venue. Thank you all for coming. We already paid for the alcohol. Get a drink, right? right. I'm, I'm gonna be over here. My bad. I fucked up. Yeah. Um, whatever, whatever. My sister husband's name is. Get the car. Yeah. Right. Start the engine. Wait. I wonder if they had signed the marriage license already. I'm sure they have. Damn. Do but they it, have? Do is that how it works in China though? Oh yeah, fair. But oh. even if it does work the way it does here, even if they had signed it, that doesn't necessarily mean they submitted it to the city hall or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if it's yeah. so quick, can you annul? Like, oh, is yeah. that possible? Usually. Yeah. I mean, here you have 90 days. Okay. But you could also just not turn in the marriage license. Like, Oop, my bad. <laughs> right. Never mind. I didn't mean it. <laughs> Did I forget a stamp? Oh, damn. <laughs> this actually wasn't notarized, so. <laughs> wow. Well, damn. let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know if it's a crime or not. <laughs> yes, y'all. Please stick with us during these two parters. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a great, great story. Yeah. So please stay with us until next week. I'm so excited. Yeah. Come back and, and listen wish to Ella the second happy birthday. Yes. Instagram. <laughs> please and thanks. <laughs> um, if you want to chat with us or follow us along on what we have going on, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Ionakilla Podcast and on Twitter at Ionakilla Pod. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, virtually anywhere where you can find podcasts. Oh, surprise, y'all. We are officially on Pandora. Are we really? We've been talking cash shit about That's Pandora. Like, it's Pandora. literally been a year and we are on Pandora. <laughs> wow. When you bitches get established, <laughs> right. right? Let's see how they last. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll uh, talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.